0: health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating courses. Take your food and body healing journey to the next level with these self-paced online courses. If you're brand new to this topic, check out my Introduction to Intuitive Eating course. If you're looking for something more comprehensive that talks about body image healing, health at every size, and intuitive eating, check out my Food Freedom 101 course. And if you're a professional in this space looking to learn more about how to do this work with your clients, but also how to do this work for yourself, check out my Anti-Diet Approach course for professionals. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Intuitive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to episode 71. Today I'm chatting with Tina Leboy, who you may know from Mom Jeans, the podcast. And we are talking about intuitive eating as a parent, uh, both for yourself, but also how to bring these principles to your children and help them to heal their relationship to food is that if that's where they're at or you know prevent these issues from the beginning. Uh, so it's a really great conversation, it's something I don't talk about a ton on the podcast um, because I'm not yet a parent, but I'm super excited to share what Tina has to uh, say with you guys um, and just share a little bit about her as well so. Um, before we dive into that conversation, I just wanted to let you guys know that I do have a new group coaching program starting after the new year. So it's my new year intuitive eating group. It's running for five weeks starting January 15th. It'll be on Friday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we're going to be talking about how to address binge eating, emotional eating. We're going to talk about how to neutralize your fear foods so you're not feeling... Like you can't have you know foods you love in the house because you think they'll just disappear. We're gonna we're gonna work on that. Uh, we're gonna talk about making peace with your body. Where do you start with that? How do you do that? How can you get to a more neutral place? Uh, and we'll be talking about joyful movement. You know, re- really healing your relationship to exercise and movement so that you can engage in it in a way that actually serves you. And then finally, we'll be addressing gentle nutrition and talking about where that fits in, how it fits in, how can you apply, you know, really health promoting nutrition behaviors in a way that's not restrictive and will actually, again, be supportive. Uh, so if you're interested in joining this group, you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram. My Instagram handle is theintuitive_rd, underscore RD, and you can apply the code New Year for twenty dollars off. Um, so the cost of the the program is one ninety nine, but then if you use that code, you do get that twenty dollars off. Um, so definitely do that if you're interested. If you have questions for me, you know, as always, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, DM me on Instagram, and I can answer any questions for you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Tina. All right, Tina, we are on. Let's let's go for it. So. I would love to start with you just sharing a little about yourself, um, the work you do, and also like what brought you to this work.
1: Awesome. Well, hey everyone, I'm Tina, and I am a non-diet dietitian that lives in Austin, Texas. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Uh, I am licensed in Texas and Nevada. That makes no sense, but it's true. Uh, I used to live in California, got licensed in Nevada. Now I have a whole virtual practice in Nevada. So uh, I have a group practice with myself and five other dietitians called TLB Nutrition Therapy, and we're a non-diet, weight-inclusive practice. Our primary focus is with uh, working with those that struggle with eating disorders, disordered eating, or really just want to heal that relationship with food, body, and movement. Uh, we work with clients of all ages, so we work with kids, teens, adolescents, adults, all across, uh, all across the lifespan, really. Uh, and our main goal is really just bettering clients' physical and emotional health, and that's through a non-diet approach, through intuitive eating and conscious eating principles. And I really believe in inclusivity. So I focus on the individual sitting in front of me, the privileges or lack of that they're experiencing and really how to navigate their recovery journey through those. Uh, I'm going to toot more of my own horn here. Uh, (laughs) I'm a certified uh, eating disorder registered dietitian and supervisor. I'm also a certified personal trainer, certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm a treasurer for a non-profit called Central Texas Eating Disorder uh, Specialists. I am the co-founder of Texas Eating Disorder Dietitians, which is a weight-inclusive uh, supervision practice. I am also the co-host of Mom Jeans, the podcast with Rachel Coleman. Hey, hey. And (laughs) I am a lover of many humans and animals, including my husband, my two-year-old kid, and uh, my one dog, two cats, and three chickens. Oh, my gosh. I know. (laughs) Is there more? Um, And then just kind of diving in on this conversation, I do want to kind of acknowledge my privileges in speaking to this topic. I'm white. I'm straight-bodied. I'm able-bodied. I'm cisgender. I'm hetero. I've received higher education. And yeah, so I I, I want to point privilege to all of those things in me speaking about this. So And Thank thanks for much, having me.
0: Gina. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so awesome. I have so many things I want to ask you about everything you just shared, but I'm oh. going to hold that for some other time. Yes. Um, so I would love to dive in and ask you about You know, it's something that I don't talk about much on my podcast as someone who's not a parent yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm curious about like working with parents and like on this intuitive eating journey, like what are the first things that come to your mind when you think about working on intuitive eating as a parent?
1: (sighs) Well, just even I'll kind of bring it from myself and then kind of bring it from the client angle for myself you know you think that oh i got this i this is literally what i do for a living i like teach people how to feel confident in themselves and how to feed themselves and their kids and then you're faced with <laughs> challenges that you're like oh my gosh what is happening so an example is i have a 2 year old little one and he is relatively I'm not going to use the word picky. He has strong food preferences. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he could literally eat the same three things if that's all I served him. Mm-hmm. And so I really continue to remind myself to tap into those divisional responsibilities. Thank you, Ellen Satter. Yes. <laughs> and you know, just really continue to provide the what, the when, the where and put full trust in him to decide on if and how much. And with that, it really is reassuring to me that my little dude can practice intuitive eating and that it really is my responsibility to let him build that trust, right? If I insert my own anxiety or my own doubts, then I'm projecting my own stuff onto him and it alters his ability to connect to his body. So I'm constantly having to do that work within myself. Um, so and I feel I like that's great, so hard.
0: I feel like so that's hard. so hard, right? So hard.
1: I have a great support system of, you know, people in my life. Most all being either you know non diet dietitians or eating disorder therapists. So uh, <laughs> I get a lot of free therapy. That's what that is. Um, yep. But then coming from the client angle, if I'm working with individuals, families, it's just really reiterating what I say for myself that I think of it this way. We are teaching our kids how to be 18, leave the house, and feel confident in their own abilities. And if we are taking control and we're in the driver's seat the whole time when it comes to their bodies then we actually aren't giving them those skills. We are teaching them that they can't trust their body, they have to rely on external cues. And that actually isn't really fair, right? They're, they don't, they're not going to have us when they're living by themselves or out at college or starting their own lives. And so the best gift that we can give to them is doing our own work, checking our own emotions, and letting them figuring it out with really safe, contained structure and
0: boundaries. Yeah. So you alluded to the Ellen Satter stuff and the division of responsibilities, which is something I haven't thought too much about in, in a few years. <laughs> but I'm, I want you to, like, yeah, like, just, like, very briefly go through what that is.
1: Totally. So Ellen Satter, you're amazing. One day I am going to meet you. Hopefully. But- Basically, it's these division of responsibilities. So what it's saying is there's this divide between what's part of what responsibilities are the parents and what responsibilities are the children. And truly, it's saying the parents decide what, so what food, the when, what time, how frequently, and the where. So is it going to be at a table? Is it going to be on the go? You know, things along those lines. And then the kid gets to decide if. So if they are going to eat that food and how much, so ultimately how much they're actually going to eat, if they want seconds, if they want none of it. And so really guiding parents through that, that a lot of times parents will be like, all my kid wants to eat is goldfish. And it's like, okay, okay, so what are you serving them for dinner? Well, goldfish, that's all they'll eat. So I'm like, well, look, okay, now the division of responsibilities is a little skewed. You're giving your child the what responsibility, and that actually isn't their role. Their role is if and how much. So we decide what we're going to serve them. We get to decide the family meals, the breakfast, the snacks, the lunches and dinners. We can include them in that decision, but we still get that final say. We're not short order cooks right? Yes. And I find a lot of parents are struggling with that. Like I'm making four different meals because I have three kids and my my partner and I want to eat something different. And I'm like, whoa, your kids are <laughs> deciding the what? We're a little skewed here. And And little tweaks can bring us back to really that containment, those safe structured boundaries that I was talking about earlier. That teaches the child that they, yeah, we're not always eating what you know, our first choice, but we can still listen to our bodies based off of what access we have and what's in front of us.
0: I love that that was such a helpful like breakdown. Thank you for that um, so this is a very general question, but what do you feel like the yeah what do you see the benefits of starting this intuitive eating work for oneself as a parent are mm-hmm. right like what what's the benefit of of doing this work both for yourself as a parent and also for maybe your kids?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we all are living in diet culture, right? We, we, we really can't get away from it. I don't know anyone that isn't really scathed by diet culture. We're out, we're about, we're hear, hearing people talk about diets, the, how they don't trust their bodies. And so we're going to be exposed to it. And if we're exposed to it, our kids are going to be exposed to it. And the way that I find that can be really the best gift to yourself and to your kid is to have a home that doesn't practice that culture. Unless you really want to practice it. If you really want to practice it, okay, fine. But to me, wow, right? Let's not do that to ourselves. So if we can create that safe home environment, then no matter what's going on outside the house, whatever your kid's learning from their teacher, their friends, other parents, they can come back and have a really safe environment to be able to dialogue about it, right? It may be like, well, someone told me that fat is bad. And then we can say, hey, wait, we've talked about this. Fat is not bad. This is how our body utilizes fat. This is why your body has more more fat or less fat or whatever. These are, i identifying factors that are not negatives, right? But if we're not doing that work for ourselves, Mm -hmm. then even if you're talking the talk, if you're not walking the walk, your kids gonna be able to smell that, right? There are things that my little one at two years old says where I'm like uh what was he listening to me in his sleep right and it had been so if we're not walking the walk and we're talking the talk they're going to sniff that out and they're not going to feel safe
0: yeah yeah that's amazing love that so i'm curious like what i don't know what do you where do you recommend people start when it comes to teaching their kids about intuitive eating and i guess in my head i'm thinking about older kids that maybe you know they've already struggled in their relationship to food to some extent like how yeah yeah, how can you start facilitating facilitating that process of getting to a healthier place
1: so as the parent it's maybe recognizing where that self-doubt is coming from, right? Like if your kid is really struggling, then really sitting down with them and and learning a little bit more. You can always add team members like a non-diet dietitian that works within eating disorders, disordered eating, intuitive eating, weight inclusivity, ditto to the same thing with the therapist, Mm -hmm. but maybe that isn't accessible to you, right? And so- the starting ground could really be just asking your child what's going on. Most often, these struggles are coming from either other people projecting their own insecurities onto your child and that being validated to your kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like If they're living in a different body and then like diets or changing their weight has been promoted, then they become insecure that they think that something is wrong with their body. Mm-hmm. So exploring with them that. Another angle could really be, well, a lot of these behaviors are a result of unchanneled emotions or lack of tolerance around emotions. And so if we're getting a a little bit deeper with our kids and just kind of checking in and seeing what's going on, then maybe we'd learn a little bit more like, wow, they feel really overwhelmed or they're not getting support here and, and they're taking it out on their food or lack of. So if you don't have access to other clinicians in the field, then that would be a recommended starting place. It would also, a starting place, again, is like, do our own work. Where are you projecting some diet information, some body negativity that your kid would ultimately be picking up on? And if, if you're noticing that, that's where your work is, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something that I thought about when I was, yeah, just jotting things uh, down before we talked was like, I feel like there's, it's not no surprise, but there's this distrust in our kids' bodies to be able to figure out what and how much and and all that stuff to eat. Um, There's this, yeah, like distrust of like, if if I just like allowed them to have as much ice cream as they wanted, they would just like eat ice cream nonstop all all the time, every day for forever. And it makes me think of the fact that like, we do this to ourselves, right? Like before we do this intuitive eating work, we assume that our own bodies can't be trusted. So it's not a surprise that we're, I guess what you're, what you were saying too, is like, we're projecting that onto our kids, right?
1: Totally. And if we don't give our kids the ch- chance to experiment with different portions then we're not giving them the the ability to recognize wow when i eat that much ice cream i actually get a bellyache right if you're determining their how much then they don't learn that skill and that's where i'm saying like we're thinking big picture here we're picturing an 18 year old leaving the house so obviously if we're experimenting early on in their age you know as a kid then yeah, they may struggle a little bit. They may want to eat X amount of cookies. And we find out that like, wow, that made them really hyper. And then they got really tired or they got a belly ache or whatever, that they need to learn those situations. And you will most commonly find that they can self-regulate. It's not going to look perfect, right? Because nothing does, but they're able to self-regulate, it's just, we have to sit on our hands. We have to let them practice that toleration and experimentation.
0: Yeah. And like, I feel like they need to know that we trust their bodies to self-regulate. Like they need to give off that, that trust. Oh
1: my gosh. It's almost like, I feel like when I was like sleep training, my little one where people were like, don't be anxious that he's not going to sleep because he will smell it. And literally it's like, I think he smelled it because he didn't sleep for like a year of his life. So, so yeah, it's, it's true. I feel like they have this internal, uh, radar where it's like, they, they do, they do feel that mistrust, that anxiety, those emotions that we're projecting onto them, even if we're not actually
0: saying it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Tina, um, what do you recommend to the person listening to this episode? And it's like hitting home for them. They're like, oh my gosh, there's I need to work on this. Like, What, what advice do you have for that person right now?
1: If this is really hitting home for you i i would say you know reaching out to a local provider there are a lot of providers well now depending on where you live where you know accessibility recognizing that it's not always there but with covid and today's current state there's a lot of virtual options available mm-hmm. and so you would want to look for a provider either a therapist a uh, non-diet dietitian all understanding and working with eating disorders, disordered eating, weight inclusivity, and just really Mm -hmm. non-dieting. A lot of these providers do take insurance if insurance is accessible to you, or there are providers that will work on a sliding scale, which means, you know, um, decreased funding or not decreased funding, but just lower cost. And so that could be always a starting place. There's also a ton of like free resources, free support groups and things along those lines. Most often you're going to need to get in contact with a clinician to kind of seek out those resources. And there's a lot of really helpful, um, Instagram accounts,
0: podcasts that, you know, are out there. So there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And where can people find you? And also like any offerings that you have to share with my audience?
1: Yes. So I have a couple things. I have a podcast with my co host Rachel Coleman, and it's called Mom Jeans the Podcast. And so we are on most platforms, or you can find us at Instagram at Mom Jeans the Podcast. We also have a ton of resources, children's books, uh, providers that you can find. Or you can also, um, for my private practice, uh, it's called TLB Nutrition Therapy. And my Instagram handle is at TLB Nutrition Therapy. I don't really uh, keep that updated very much, except I post a lot of pictures of chickens. So, you know, it's just really fun. But if you're needing like, hey, I'm looking for resources and or I'm looking for virtual support um, that could be a place that you could reach out to me, um, and get more info. So, awesome.
0: Thank yeah. you so much, Tina. I'm excited to share this episode. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 71. If you want to learn more from Tina, go ahead and listen to her podcast, Mom Jeans the Podcast, or follow her on Instagram at Mom Jeans the Podcast. And if you're interested in Joining my five-week New Year Intuitive Eating group? Head over to my Instagram and click the link in my bio, and you'll be able to register that way. Don't forget to apply the code New Year for twenty dollars off. And if you have questions, as always, let me know. Uh, finally, if you listen to this podcast regularly and it's helpful to you, um, if you could take a moment and head to iTunes and leave me a rating or review that would be super helpful so I can continue to you know grow this and, and get this message out there all right guys I hope you have a good rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon